Welcome to Imprisoned in Prison of the Prisoner Prison Cast. I'm your host, Mark Malik. This is your other host. I'm Matt. Matthew that's right. Hello. That's right. It's so exciting not to start the podcast myself. This Sit back so- and relax. Enjoy this 22 seconds. Okay. Well, no, we're not really waiting 22 seconds because then like half no, the people. No, that already listen. happened. Oh, okay. It's too late now. It's too late. Right. When you know, twenty-two seconds goes really by really fast. You blink. Sometimes, if you stop to look, you miss it. I Forever's think. in the moment. The yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Dance of the Dead. It's arguably number three, but since my DVDs have it as number three, it's number three. And he says I'm new here, so it makes sense it would be number three. I think he's always new here. It's a very short series. That is true, but I mean, he's there's a you know you hang around for a little while eventually, right? Like, when would you stop saying you're new there? Uh, I've been in my new job for two weeks, and I'd still say I'm new there, and that's you know technically several times longer than the running time of the prisoner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or the life of a fruit fly. Your you've your old hat there. You're an elderly worker could probably watch the entire series in one day if i had nothing to do at all you're a senior citizen doing manual labor Mm-hmm. okay yeah i don't know what that means. anyway dance of the dead is uh pretty early in most of the episode orders the one except... see, i was too lazy to put my disc in last night so i went to youtube where it was like the decent copy was like number it was number eight so maybe that was it was eight in broadcast order maybe i feel like almost all these episodes are number eight in some order <laughs> okay sorry i was interrupting <laughs> go ahead no that's it uh it's it is early on in most of these orders except it is number eight in one of the orders and it's number 12 in one of the orders he's still new here and it's 12. look at that he's almost finished there okay yeah were, were you doing trivia i am I'm, I'm lost now yes Yes. Don Chaffee returns to direct. You may remember him from the pilot episode. He'll be back for two more episodes after this. The episode was written by Anthony Skeen with Patrick McGowan co-writing uncredited. Skeen had written for a few TV series previously and would continue his writing career until the mid 80s. He'll be back to write two more prisoner episodes. The new number two this week is played by Mary Morris. She began acting at the age of 10 and had a long career in film, TV, and theater. She could be seen in TV series such as The Spread of the Eagle and Prometheus, The Life of Balzac. The Doctor is played by Duncan McRae, a seasoned actor you can see in Whiskey Galore, and they all died laughing. This was his final television appearance before his death in 1967. These these um, title combinations are weird. Is whiskey galore and they all died laughing? Two separate things. Two separate things. Okay, just making sure because we also had that thing with Balzac and and the uh, spread eagle. Well, the spread of the eagle <laughs> is separate from Prometheus, the life of Balzac. Right. Okay. Just just making sure we're clear on that. <laughs> okay. 
Norma West plays number six's observer, a.k.a. Bo Peep. She hails from South Africa and had a long career in TV that stretched into the early 2000s and was in films like The Projected Man and Why Shoot the Teacher. Uh, finally, Australian actor Alan White plays Roland Walter Dutton. He had a long TV career in such and appeared in such shows as Man in a Suitcase, The Flying Doctor, and Tell It to the Marines. None of the guest stars mentioned will appear on The Prisoner again. Mm. What about number two is like the main villain? Well, there's maybe there's a new one. Mm. Yeah, How about okay. that? <laughs> How about uh, that? We we're start, starting to see a pattern emerge here of nobody <laughs> recurring <laughs> except the uh, butler. Well, yeah, you got to have a good to, butler. It's hard to I'll find to, good help. <laughs> I'll have to talk about him at some point. I'll probably just <laughs> wait till the last episode. Right. Okay. As for this episode, let me break it down. Number mm-hmm. six is... Sub- I'm, yep, yep. I'm breaking it down. Break it down. Break it down. Number six is subjected to some full-on MK Ultra experiences but his will is strong enough to fracture his brain. So that particular line of action is caught off for now. While six wakes up to another day, nonchalant as to what has happened. He's got a new hottie spying on him and a burning question as to what happens in the village when everyone is asleep. Number six averts that to that invite to Soma runs off and has a Mexican standoff with Rover on the beach. He doesn't escape, but he does encounter a corpse with outside ID and a functioning radio. And then Dutton, a spy at his breaking point that number six already knows, is there. I think I missed a sentence. Okay. But now it's carnival time at the village. Number six cosplays as James Bond. Number two is Peter Pan. And Dutton is due to play number six's corpse to show the world that six is no longer a number. Party time leads to number two's weird planetarium room, and number six is now on trial for his subterfuge. He's got a star witness with Dutton, but the man has seemingly been lobotomized and stuffed into a jester costume. This leads to a death sentence for number six, which he attempts to sprint away from. A prehistoric fax machine grants him some kind of bizarre clemency, but the underlying fact is those who run the village cannot actually harm number six. I think that was the point. There's a, there's I have no idea different. what the fax machine was doing. No, yeah, that you put that in your notes, and I, I was like a little, I was like trying to act like I understood what happened, but yeah, <laughs> I, I did think I did because we didn't get to read what's on it. It seemed like number two was happy with what the fax machine said and laughed at him, but I'm not really sure why. Because mm. fax machines are funny, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> It's like I, it was like he was trying to stop it from printing, but I I don't even know. Maybe someone just maybe they just fixed it in post, and that didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you you you're the, maybe the last page of the script fell out. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I, the I like, fax machine was printing the script and it got stuck and didn't print the entire script. Right. That that must be it. Um, yeah. So what do we do? We. We got yeah, who that, was the dead and who was dancing with them? Uh, dance of the dead. <laughs> so you, who was the dead? I'm just gonna start yelling at you. <laughs> Tell me now. Who, who was the dead? <laughs> the the guy on the beach was dead. That's true. Yeah. There, that was everyone. The, that, everyone danced. Really? That was, yeah. That was that's actually an easy. Except the dead guy, he didn't dance. He was too busy. Also, to be dead. 
I messed up. It's called Dance of the Dead, not Dance with the Dead. Oh, okay. I was, I was, see, I was looking at the title Dance of the Dead. So even though you were saying <laughs> the wrong thing, I was like hearing the right thing. So who, <laughs> everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, and you were mentioning they have to have like a carnival in every episode. I'm pretty sure every episode's had a parade and uh, some kind of party with costumes so far. I mean, that makes sense. What else are they going to do at the village? I mean, that's that's one very cost-effective way to be trippy. It's just like, oh, join the carnival. It's it's Wonderland. Not not quite as much as that um that boat in the first episode. Well, this is the- more this is more intense on the on the side of like people being weird. I don't know. That was pretty weird because that was like all the people have lost their mind. Just like man, the boat that doesn't go anywhere. That's pretty trippy. Yeah, in episode two, where they're all like worshiping rover in a room for some reason which yeah, never comes up again yeah our rover experiences are kind of weird in this one like like you mentioned what is rover doing in the in, in the streets of the village because it's kind of scarier like not i think they they understand that like a faceless like unstoppable monster is a lot scarier than if it like had a personality and right, right. clear motive <laughs> or anything like that yeah i guess it's kind of kafka because it's like what is he even doing at the moment to require rover's presence you know like in in the village he's yeah, just like he's just following his his quote unquote maid right how's what's where's the problem like how could an ant understand like a human's motivation right right and then and then the later rover experiences where he just kind of seems to get tired <laughs> <laughs> Uh, out of air that's how i imagined his voice yeah where's my specific note for that i had a good one out of air never seen one nine but bam bam oh oh i wrote so rover just tuckered him out i guess yeah (laughs) yeah that was that was very strange that that whole sequence i'm like he he just uh i I don't know that was like the the mirror thing and like (laughs) They were just trying to like copy each other until they got tired. Until he got tired. Well, if you're running down the beach, you'd eventually get tired and slow down. I mean, it's realistic. You gotta give it that. Even if there's a rover there, you'd probably be like, "Man, I'm tired of running." It at some point. But also at this point, number six has been experimented on kind of a lot. So I'm always also kind of <laughs> thinking anything could be explained. Like he's programmed to get tired when he runs down the beach. Yeah, I was about to say any inconsistencies we can now be like, ah, they just messed up his mind already. <laughs> yeah, they made him do it. They put a thing in there. But, they but MKUltra'd again, him. That's what I was saying with this episode. They they make it very clear, like, you know, he's not to be harmed because they give up on that experiment in the beginning because they're like, oh, this is too much. It's not going to work. I feel like there's a definite through line of people being like, don't, don't kill him, don't mess him up. But you can um, mess up whoever else you can mess up Dutton uh not to jump too far ahead but there there's some fantastic thing they have for I, I don't we'll get to it where they have the phrase for when they're just like okay screw that's out the window or we have to do this for real now mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all fun and games right now with with the dancing and the dead and the carnivals they haven't gotten serious yet nope no um we get oh black cats good luck the cat's a spy is that how it works? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a little bit mind bending trying to figure out how the cat was in every single scene for the first half of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I he just followed him home. 
I think he even ends up saying that, right? Because I, I was like, are there multiple cats? And then I don't think that was necessarily what happened, but yeah, maybe there are yeah. multiple cats. Well, I mean, for filming, it was, I'm sure it was multiple cats, but I thought it was, mm-hmm. yeah, supposed to be the same cat. Um, oh, here we go. The festival I wrote is like living in a fantastic C-list psychedelic album. <laughs> yeah, not- like Sergeant po- Popper's yeah, Sergeant Popper's Emporium. Band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That specifically, I guess, would be the small faces. Uh, what Ogden Nutgun Flake? That that's that's kind of is that? Nah, I guess that's still B list, but that that idea, right? <laughs> Do you remember when there was an arcade called Sergeant Pepper's that was like over in like Decatur area, and it was like Sergeant Pepper was like a tiger wearing a band leader outfit. Uh, that sounds weirdly familiar, but I, I don't have a firm memory of that. <laughs> I remember that being like the the like most seizure inducing arcade. <laughs> this is like the darkest and most. No, I just I, I, I was. Yeah, it just came back to me all in a rush. Now I remember it. I think I went to one children's party there when I was an actual child. Mm-hmm. That's like the only time I think for most of us, that's the only time we were allowed to go to any of those is to go to somebody else's birthday party. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Um. You you gave me the wrong hint. You're like arcade, but you need to say like a kind of show busy place. Oh yeah. Well, as that's true. It's family it, fun center. Right. Did you ever go to Bullwinkles? Yeah. One time, some kid's birthday. Yeah, that was the most bizarre one. It was really. I even as a kid, I was like, how did they get the Bullwinkle license for this? Um. I'm guessing the Bullwinkle license like isn't that expensive. It probably was very worth very little in like 1983 or whatever year that was. I watched a video about the weird off-brand Garfield ride that was in um Kennywood. Uh, yeah, 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 that was fun. I actually uh <laughs> one of my uh one of my good friends live grew up in Pittsburgh, so we actually went and hung out with his parents and went to Kennywood, but that was no longer there when we went. So we didn't even bother. Uh, Cause in the, video, that was. in the video, they have ride video of like the late years of that ride when like half of it was falling apart. So mm-hmm. it like became it like all... that much creepier. <laughs> yeah. But it was like the whole theme was Garfield's nightmare. It wasn't even like they weren't even trying to make it pleasant in the first place. Right, but then like how the the you know some of it had been weathered. Like you, there's John, but he has like no pupils in his eyes now, so it's like just that much more disturbing. <laughs> ah, I wish that could, I wish I could have gone. I hope next time I go up there, they've uh, put it back. Oh yeah, because it's gone now. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> they rethemed it to something. I, I, assume, I, I assume you've you've experienced Garfield minus Garfield. Yes. Yeah. Great. I was. Not the first time, but I was sitting around the office, like laughing, like um, De Niro and Cape Fear, <laughs> in the middle of the office in the middle of the day, reading them, <laughs> <laughs> just laughing like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's there's one that's called like Real Field, where they just replace Garfield with a realistic cat that doesn't talk. That's also very good. It's oh yeah, very I, have good. Ch- I have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so I, I think that gets our cat talk out of the way anyway because there's only okay. one, there's only one cat to talk about the real deal and that's garfield, garfield. yeah yeah okay um <laughs> so let's see oh garfield would hate it on this island 
I thought I, I guess it's when they were starting the carnival and the and the dude's wearing a face shield. I'm like, wow, that's like a half century too early for people wanting to do that. Well, you know, but nobody the, else was or you could one. or you could say he was really late for the 1918 Spanish flu. Yeah, that's true. Or I guess it was tinted. Maybe it was just like I don't want to get my face sunburned. It looked pretty uh pretty familiar. I'll split it that I, way. Because I get those raccoon eyes from squinting a lot, so I don't, I don't, oh, I do own a pair of sunglasses. I just don't wear them. I, um, unfortunately my vision has gotten kind of crappy and it's like, I have, I, I don't have an easy time reading with sunglasses on or seeing things, but <laughs> I don't want to see the sun. So I just kind of switch back and forth all the time. Did you try staring at the sun? No, I okay. should, I guess I should do that <laughs> without the sunglasses and I'll just get used to it. You, you can do that if you know what you're doing. That's what, that's what they do in Tibet, probably. They all stare at the sun. I might, I I might not even be wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, um, I know that there's something about the Dalai Lama has definitely ordered people's eyes been br brought to him at <laughs> some point. Their eyes, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the dark side of it all, I guess. Wait, wait, are, well, you, are, you, are you accusing the Dalai Lama of stealing people's eyes? I mean, it's just a rumor I've heard, but you know, I don't, I think, I don't think he stole them. I think he had them brought to him. That's different. Okay. I don't That's think any, I don't think you should really hold any like leader of anything up too highly because that stuff does kind of just tend to trickle out. Cause like, you know, Joss Whedon. Astor. Yeah. Joss Whedon has an eyeball collection. I'm sure. Yeah. He probably does. Yeah. <laughs> He's an eyeball fetishist. Yeah, I mean, he only has women's eyeballs because he's a feminist. Welcome to the Unwarranted Extreme Claims podcast. <laughs> Where we just hey, accuse you know. famous people of doing horrible things for which we have zero evidence. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the thing that says in movies where it's like, no, all resemblances to real people are, are coincidental and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Something, something legal, something... All, right. re all resemblances to real people are fully intentional and we've made up new facts about them <laughs> <laughs> facts will be in quotations <laughs> you put facts in like two sets of quotations so it's like actually real yeah that's how i think that's how um i think that's how it works so they have their carnival first and then they have their party and it's it's it felt very eyes wide shut which, again, I mean, I guess it's like Magoon had probably stumbled into a few of those sorts of parties because he'd also run into the MPs telling him about what happens to the spies to start the show, right? So, Yeah, it definitely was sort of a uh, rich person, weird orgy vibe. I mean, there, you, you'd see that one lady who was dressed kind of skimpy, kind of just disco dancing in the background. <laughs> it's like, wow, I guess disco did exist back in 68. I'm not Wouldn't really sure. Wouldn't that be go-go go -go dancing? Go-go dancing. I'm not, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, I, I don't know all the go-go moves, so I couldn't tell you. But, you know, there's like that door song that sounds like disco and stuff, right? So. Yeah, like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not that. No, the soft parade definitely gets a bit disco in 1968 or 9. Disco, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like that's that's what it sounds like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really the Doors fan that you were at one point. I never I never really got it. <laughs> um, 
I was wondering if you can take a decent walk because he's he's on like that bluff, right? Overlooking the village. I'm like, how much of a walk can you take? Because I mean, we, we haven't really worked out if they're on an island or not. Well, it's pretty nebulous because remember there was all that like weird like map stuff and that that gift shop right like at the beginning we we don't really know how big the island is i assume that the island probably gets larger and smaller we're not sure if it's an island it's, it's probably just a suburb hmm. of london and they're too lazy to walk hmm i guess i'm yeah. thinking that it's filmed on island so i just sort of feel like by the way smap was a was a j-pop band so you gave me an image of the gift store that was extremely wrong oh they didn't okay. have a bunch of SMAP stuff in there. <laughs> I mean, the, I bet their album cover probably looks like this village, but yeah, know. that's probably true. I'm sure they have an album or two that looked like the village. That's <laughs> probably correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they probably dress like these carnival people at some point. That someone needs to have like a pop up prisoner uh, gift store. That I guess really? that idea is madness, but especially if that nobody knows what the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> set it up at the, like the london airport yeah that'd be cool okay i'd, I'd buy some <laughs> um let's see oh yeah yeah and they just kind of give him free reign of the caves and stuff it, it really felt like he was escaping into like a gilligan's island episode for a bit there well it's one of the things where they they establish early on in the episode like oh you can't go into the town hall because it doesn't let you in even though the town hall definitely let him in last episode well lets him in later in this episode too so that's true i i guess last episode because he was running for office it let him in yeah is so is it they just have a force field or does it have a mind of its own or was he just brainwashed and to the point where he wouldn't allow himself to go into town hall okay that's a good point too there did seem to be some kind of like like static resistance or something like some kind of discharge right like was there they, a sound effect yeah i a little bit i think there i think that was implied i don't think the brainwashing thing is accurate i think it is no it's just fun to think i mean well it is an episode that starts with brainwashing so it's not an invalid true. point <laughs> true i i am a big fan of like the kind of neat and, and tidy a, explanations like that where it's just like oh well you know of course he's brainwashed he's split, and, they can do anything they want right it's kind of a television series about brainwashing so it's it, you mm -hmm. can kind of like you know you can kind of like shoehorn that into like almost any situation in the show for example apparently number six has to speak while he writes you know which is good <laughs> since none of us television yeah <laughs> television but it's just mm -hmm. like like they were i think they were showing the text as he was writing it's like yeah i can read that it's not an issue dude <laughs> i bet it was hard hard as hell to read on like a regular tv you know what would have been cool if he started writing and it looked like like a, a five-year-old's handwriting <laughs> <laughs> or hell if it looked uh, like your handwriting or my handwriting <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> know like, i i have seen handwriting that looked exactly like mine like twice in the past week and it really freaked me out i was like wait did i write this I'm like no it's a Publix. i didn't write this that that happened at my work a few years ago where um one of the other teachers had like my handwriting so it's sometimes i'd look at notes on something and be like is this my note or or her note <laughs> yeah that's a <so> scary <laughs> but uh yeah you never see that on tv where someone just has awful penmanship <laughs> yeah it's probably the art department does it for them but do i get to blame uh, that on being left-handed 
Sure. I mean, were you, were you like traumatized where someone tried to make you write right-handed? No. Hmm. I don't but know. They were teaching everyone to teach right-handed in school, right? So. Yeah. I mean, you probably got a substandard writing education. Yeah. 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 I definitely was holding my pen wrong and people kept trying to tell me how to hold it right and somehow didn't really demonstrate adequately. So I think I still hold it wrong. Uh, okay. No, I actually, it's weird because I'm left-handed for everything except music, mm -hmm. for, which is convenient. So, well, you're it's... probably ambidextrous. No, no, I can't do any of the other stuff with my right hand, but then music oh. I, could, I couldn't do with my left hand. See, so. I am ambidextrous, but like I, for most things I've picked a hand, like I've only bowled left-handed. If I try to bowl right-handed, it just goes straight into the gutter. I can't, like, it would take so long to learn how to bowl right-handed that I, just don't bother i feel like that doesn't count as ambi ambidextrous ambidextrous well, I if i shoot pool with both hands because there's like a reason to do that yeah I, I can i can write with my left hand but it sucks i think i could drum either way but i'm not that great a drummer so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah it's just sort of like i think to be i mean you can be ambidextrous and you're not going to be equally good at everything with both hands unless you train your hands which is just a huge waste of time i mean i like not, not if you do it through like late night mk ultra brainwashing you get some people yeah. come to your house and give you some you know some brain melting serum and soon you're completely ambidextrous ambidextrous but can you get muscle memory through mk ultra though i don't know probably um mm, yeah. fair enough <laughs> So what? Uh, oh, go ahead. Number two, kind of horny. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess she's <laughs> like a a cougar. Yeah, pretty cougary. <laughs> and cougary then, and the old melon camp. And I don't know why I said that. And spends half the episode in a Peter Pan costume as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a little a little weird. Um. <laughs> pretty frisky and excited and very. Uh, very interested in making sure that number six knows that she's keeping him alive yeah <laughs> not gonna kill you buddy mm. i'm glad they never crossed the line where she's straight up trying to hook up with him but i <laughs> i believe that was the thing with patrick mcguin was like just insisting super hard they never had like an actual love interest in the show which is very refreshing yeah, that well, it makes sense because it's him against the the world, the world being the village, right? So it wouldn't make yeah, sense for him to have a relationship. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is that there's a million times where it doesn't make sense for James Bond to have a relationship, but then he does anyway. Or well, he just or, has know, a raging libido. He has sex first right. when he has sex with dies. The second one he has sex with helps him and whatever changes sides or something. And then he's finished with them by the end of that movie or, or yeah. in that one or two cases they, they get off. Right. Yeah. If and then like, there's if, the new number if two. If he likes them, both of them die. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. But he doesn't really care. And unless it's the uh, Daniel Craig ones where he's like upset for a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, it seems like everyone has to go sleepy time in the village when it gets dark. Cause he kind of uh, intimates that like no one's ever like, when it's dark, everyone's sleeping. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, they're all programmed very well. 
I, I like the nighttime. Don't I mean some people like the nighttime, right? I guess some oh, people I like love, having pets as well. I love I love the nighttime. I um currently am working a job where I pretty much have to go to bed around the time the sun goes down and it crushes me. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, I mean I guess that's where you could look at the village and be like, Oh, it's not that bad, is it? But yeah, when you start bashing your head against like pointless not even pointless, but just you know regulations that you definitely didn't agree with so it's, it's I just like feel, it seems like the the point is being driven home that everybody else in this village is programmed super hard like they probably put up no fight whatsoever either they put up no fight whatsoever or they've just been there for a really long time until they got just crushed or number six is just super duper great and awesome which probably is the actual answer yay <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, he's a protagonist. He's right. a Luke Skywalker. Oh, here's my note about that. I was like, lower numbers, as in like lower status numbers, diddle, but it seems top 10 numbers don't. Hmm. Because at the end, it seems like a bunch of lower numbers are kind of like running off to go do stuff. But but his observer is like number 240. Right. That's a high number, isn't it? Wait, did you say higher like, numbers or lower numbers? Lower status numbers, meaning higher numbers. Oh. Sorry, my note. I was confused when I was okay. writing. Okay. So, hmm. <laughs> hmm. but yeah, I was like, it may be off or not, but at that point, he's kind of doing like proper spy stuff, you know? Yeah, because the the last number two was number fifty eight, which like I don't know, the numbers just don't. I don't know. I think the numbers are just like they just throw out numbers. <laughs> It's straight up like names, like uh, this is number six hundred thirty-five. Okay, do they just throw out numbers? They might be like, do it. Th get there might be some numerology we're missing because you know obviously people were sticking meaning here and there, just for hmm. funsies in the show. I mean, two forty is a multiple of both two and six. Yeah. See, there we go. Sorry, so there's was, that. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how fifty-eight became two in the last episode because that's really just weird. Unless like fifty-six people died in that like boat thing. <laughs> I can't. Wait, what happened last episode that killed people? I can't remember. Uh, probably 50, something or other. Fifty, huh? fifty-six people died. Fifty-five people because there's still number six. An election riot. I don't know. Mm. So that was the election episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 50, 55 people voted wrong. Yep. Um, I, I guess we should start packing this one up. Any Anything else that you want to scream about at this episode? Um, oh, when oh, oh, he Clark Kent's. Sorry, I forgot. Sorry, I asked you and then mm. I thought of something. Does he Clark Kent's in this episode? This disguise, it's glasses. Clark. Oh, yeah, he does. He gets, <laughs> well, he gets the uh, glasses out of the lab coat. So they were technically part of the costume ah part part of the uh, part of the lab guy yeah. the lab lab person's glasses um when people started running after him screaming after he was sentenced to death it was genuinely scary oh that was great and that's like the best response to a death sentence possible <laughs> no yes. no i mean you just run off you just goes peel <laughs> off in the other direction that's like that's awesome yeah and everyone just instinctively knows to run at you screaming it's like they're going to personally kill you yeah yeah that that, that was fantastic and also you got to have your trial in the in the number two planetarium with everyone in weird <laughs> costumes that's just 
class. That's how it, that's yeah. how a real party ends, you know. That's definitely what I put on my notice. Is like nothing says a super fun party like a spontaneous trial. And a sentence precedes testimony. I like that. <laughs> You're sentenced to death. Now you can talk. And then Cleopatra just kind of shows up. It's like I saw him with a radio. <laughs> it's great it's great you know yeah magic transistor radio that's right so yeah I yeah there know. was so what stuff. was the facts were they like was that his were they commuting his sentence i don't know yeah I, that was very unclear yeah i was gonna say there was some stuff when he found the radio that he was listening to and it was some weird stuff that was coming for the radio that i'm like is this some kind of special code I assumed it was like Secret Village Radio, you know, because you only oh, have maybe one channel in your apartment. So, you know, tonight when the moon rises, the world will turn to silver. Only through pain can tomorrow be assured. I mean, yeah, that could go either way. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like spy code because you know the guy who died with the radio was probably some kind of spy because that's what this whole thing is about, right? Spies. Well, I, I, yeah, well, I think the thing to assume that everything is part of the village, right? Even the stuff that seems mm -hmm. like it's not. Well, yeah, because I mean, they they found the corpse. They they got they got to handle the whole thing. I'll get you five corpses by Wednesday. You know, yeah, probably you get a corpse, especially you when get, you have the means and an alphabet agency of some kind. I think I don't think we're gonna see like a a scene with lots of corpses because that would probably just mean having a bunch of actors all lie down and stay still. It's probably really <laughs> hard to do that. This is definitely not in the the era when TVs would when TV shows would get their own corpses like their fake bodies. Oh yeah, I'm sure they just said someone lying around. I was watching another Voyager recently where um, Robert Beltran's role is basically just to lie around through most of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like he's on vacation that week, but he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean basically yeah his acting that was okay just lie there and for seven hours please while people would like walk and talk around no don't open your eyes i mean i guess i mean what's would as an actor do you just take a nap do you start snoring i think it's like really hard because you know if you've seen a real corpse and most of us have it's like the big difference between an actual corpse and someone pretending to be a corpse is that a corpse has like no muscles tensing up, but like you generally, if you see someone being a corpse on TV show, they are very tense because they're trying to stay as still as possible. <laughs> so uh, you have to just not think about it. The last time I had to see an opera was because my wife's friend was in it, but she didn't <laughs> sing. All, it was Madam Butterfly and all she did was play a corpse at the end. So it's like, <laughs> what? I just spent three hours watching opera to watch your friend play dead. <laughs> <laughs> did she do good though? Was she I, dead? Well, we were, we were in the balcony, so from a good, you know, what, 50 or more, 100 meters distance, sure. Cool. <laughs> if I was I, to go check it, if she was tensing up, I, I might have found something different. But Part of me is really disappointed that, uh, that with, as I've aged, I have not at all learned to appreciate opera or ballet or football. I, I agree. What do you mean by football? Sorry, I, you know, it's just one of those things. Mix. Which oh, uh, American foot, both foot, both footballs. Really, I, I, if I had a choice, I would rather watch the uh, regular football than the American one. But like, even then, I know a lot of the Atlanta team does relatively well. So I know a lot of people who are pretty enthusiastic about it. And 
their enthusiasm just makes me feel like a charlatan because I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, cool. I mostly Ball. just if if I see anything, it's usually sumo because it's on before dinner. I mean, there is good. There's really good wrestling now, but you know, I mean, there there is a really good wrestling company called AEW that has good wrestling. But have you, you know, seen any? Have you seen any sumo? I mean, not in person. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just the matches are like like five minutes of build up and like three seconds of wrestling most of the time. So it's more like UFC then, or MMA. Yeah, except that they just kind of mill about, you know, get some salt on their hands, do a stomp, do a fake out start, go get some more salt on their hands. They they aren't allowed to like talk smack to each other. So I would we, love to go see a sumo next time I'm in Japan with you guys. Yeah, they <laughs> I think they're just they're just supposed to be like they're supposed to be mountains, battling mountains, right? Mountains don't talk. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why E Honda doesn't talk. But I do hope, like, when they want to um, get more people watching Sumo, the, a couple of things I want to do is more smack talk because they'll interview them after, but they should interview them before and let them talk smack about the other wrestlers. Um, <laughs> and, well, uh, <laughs> I saw the Sumo Jack's wife backstage. I, yeah, I don't know how that works. And, uh, um, and, and I, I want someone at NHK, uh, National japanese television to um dub in the fart soundboard for sumo <laughs> <laughs> so when they do their squats and stuff it's accompanied by sound effects i mean that's what youtube is for man yeah i know i'm sure it's on youtube it's gotta be <laughs> someone must have done that but uh, I, I want the actual tv broadcast to show it <laughs> just like a second audio program instead of like a different language it's just got farts on it because they just they do an awful lot of squatting and stuff so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that it's it's really exciting when a sumo match lasts like for a half minute or or in a wild case a couple of minutes, which basically just is two giant dudes like look like they're hugging each other at that case. But yeah, but you know <laughs> I, I've told you this before that I saw the Tyson ear biting fight where that was like actually kind of a longer match for Mike Tyson, mm. even though it was like a couple of minutes. I think I was with you. That's Steve Steve's apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. I was there. That was that was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. I've been like talking to people about. It. I'm like, man, that was just really crazy. I, yeah, I, I don't remember, know how else to describe it. It's yeah, like, I remember when it happened. It was like, wait, what? <laughs> you don't really expect that. <laughs> no, not at all. And then they let. Then he did it again. They let him go back, and he did it again. It's like, what? That's awesome. Yeah, I can't can't make it up that that's when sports are worth watching right yeah when they're <laughs> gonna bite each other's ears I off i guess i mean i don't know i don't know if that would be more worth watching than like the old tyson fights where he would kill just destroy someone 40 seconds like that <laughs> might the, the ear one might be more entertaining yeah yeah sure <laughs> um i feel like we might be at the end of the rope on this one so mm. uh what would your costume be at the carnival? Mm, let's see. Is, is it 1967? Yes. Okay, so I can't make like references that are after that for sure. What year did 2001 come out? 68. You're out. You're out ah, that one. I was going to be a monolith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I have a pilot costume. I guess I just used that. I'm, I'm, just cool. thinking, I'm just thinking of things I actually own, right? So, 
I mean, like you can't send your stuff back through time, so it's just more like, what would you? What would you? I mean, the Cookie Monster is mean, not quite a thing yet. That's sixty nine. You just order <laughs> Cookie Monster sixty nine. I'm sorry. Does it have cookies in it? <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. was I was chasing my coworker around the work because I have my giant Cookie Monster puppet, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know, Cookie wants flacca. Give Cookie flacca or he will eat your face off. <laughs> would, would Cookie Monster be enraged by the, how every cookie is individually wrapped in Japan? Probably. Cookie is not a flacca monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you have whatever costume you want because the island would just send it to you. Okay. Village. I keep saying island. I'm going to be the Cookie Monster with the Cookie Monster puppet then. Okay. <laughs> cookie Monsterception. Yeah. Double double the cookie. Yeah. See, my idea is he changes his name to the Flacca monster and does Flacca, but he still refers to himself as Cookie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets enraged if you call him that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I mean, what does an enraged cookie monster even do? He just takes more cookies from you. Well, he, he just like face keeps off frisking you. He keeps <laughs> frisking you. I mean, no, you have more cookie. <laughs> yes. I mean, he is a monster, right? So he would do something monstrous. Yeah, probably kill a child. <laughs> <laughs> he just like stop talking and just silently slit a boy's throat. <laughs> the the uh, technical difficulties previous screen <laughs> comes up and, and there's never another episode of Street. yeah that's how you get to this is how you get to sesame street okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway wow the prisoner, that got dark right? really quick <laughs> yeah that's because of me anyway at, at if least... you want more darkness you could probably find me on twitter and some fashion stun runner thing i don't know i don't use that crap it's stupid <laughs> contact him there <laughs> yeah, find me on it's stupid and dumb at twitter dot stupid uh this one has a patreon thing podcastio podcastius where we also talk about sci-fi movies the twilight zone pokemon game game shows mark lost <laughs> Mm. You Mark lost. lost. I lost. You lost on the game game show. You were the loser. Oh, is that aired? Okay. It aired. Yeah, now, you lost. now everyone knows. <laughs> now everyone, well, you know, I didn't lose by a lot. So, you know. <laughs> well, it's kind of fun to lose, isn't it? Right? Okay. Oh, it was <laughs> it was very fun. Everyone should listen to Game Game Show. It's super fun podcast to listen to. If you if you know anything about games or if you don't, it is really fun. It was okay. fun catching up on the podcast before going on it. Right. <laughs> okay, well, Cookie wants to party. Okay, stunrunnermusic at twitter.com. <laughs> That's, I found it. Oh, what? <laughs> oh you're really going to give it now? Okay, after, No, there it is. It's gone. Fantastic it's address. given. It's done. Leave the internet. Leave the internet.